Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. And now we come to the text for today. Verse 33, he says, No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. As Jesus begins to bring his uh, comments in this section to a conclusion, he, he makes reference to a truth that, that is commonly understood by all. And we find it there in verse 33. And that commonly understood truth is this, that the purpose of lighting a lamp, and in Jesus' day, remember that lighting a lamp was literally lighting a lamp, as in with fire. The purpose of lighting a lamp is to provide light, and once that lamp is lit, it is to be set on a stand or set on a table so that its radiance can fill the room. And I ask, is there anyone in any culture at any time who does not understand that simple truth? That a lamp that is lit is for the purpose of setting it out so that its light can radiate for all to see. Well, I ask the question, is there anyone? And of course, we know that uh, there's always one in every crowd that defies the norms, but they are the exception, not the rule. I guarantee you that everyone within the sound of Jesus' voice agreed with the statement that we just read in verse 33. What they didn't understand, though, was that they were being targeted for a shot of truth. And the, the statement of common understanding that we just read in verse 33 was the setup to prepare them to receive that shot of truth. Now, in effect, these people who were surrounding Jesus, they were clamoring for more messianic light. Their words and their behaviors were saying that, that they did not feel that the words and works that Jesus had been performing provided enough light for them to know who he really was. However, from the divine perspective, nothing could be further from the truth. The generation that was there with Jesus like none before and like none ever will be, were standing in the full force of the sun. And I mean S-O-N as opposed to S-U-N. They were standing in the full force of the sun who was providing more light for them than they could ever hope to have. And that brings me to truth point number one this morning, which makes this simple point. That through public displays of divine power and wisdom. Jesus demonstrated time and again in community after community that he was no mere man, no mere prophet or sage, but he was God the Son, the promised Messiah. Now I, I emphasize the words public display 
Because when God the Father lit the lamp of Jesus' incarnation and then he began his earthly ministry, it was put on display for all to see. I want you to think about some of the things that we've looked at in the chapters before chapter 11. The things that the people of Galilee, the people of, of Judea, were able to witness. They saw from Jesus' hand demons being cast out. They were able to witness blind people receiving their sight. They saw lame men regain the strength of their legs and walk. They saw a person with a withered hand have his arm and his hand restored. Over 10,000 people witnessed Jesus taking five loaves and two fish and feeding them all. And at the end of the day, collecting 12 baskets of scraps left over. These people were able to actually see folks who were verifiably dead, raised to life, either by Jesus' touch or by his word. They were able to witness his mastery over the laws of nature as he displayed uh, his mastery over them as he walked on the water and also as he calmed the sea with just the words of his command. And of course, uh, many times Jesus cured lepers who were at that time incurable. Now each of these acts and the many that I could have listed but didn't, these were all the light of God. And that light was not hidden in a cellar or under a basket. Instead, God put that lamp on a prominent lampstand in the person and life of Jesus. Literally every word that he spoke and every miracle that he performed was spiritual light that was more radiant than any physical light that we have ever encountered. Yet, in the presence of unquenchable light, the generation of Jesus' day groped in the darkness of unbelief, saying that they did not have enough light to know who he was. Now we sit and we read these things from the scriptures and we ask, how could this be? How could this be? How could they see personally with their own eyes all of these things and still walk in spiritual darkness? Well, the problem, the problem wasn't an absence of light. There was plenty of light. The problem was an inability or an unwillingness to receive the light that was burning brightly in front of them. And that brings us to verse 34. After setting them up with a truth that was commonly understood, he informs them about an, about an equally true reality that is not so commonly understood. And that is this. That the problem that they were facing was not one of enough light. The problem they were facing was in themselves. The problem was with the individual receptor. In other words, Jesus talked of it as one's spiritual eye. Now Jesus speaks of the eye in verse 34 as being the lamp of the body. And when he spoke of it that way, he wasn't speaking from the perspective of, of the eye actually providing light, but instead of the eye receiving light, 
so that the brain can see. Now, I know I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. I'm sure that you're well aware that our eyes really are not the part of our body that sees. It's our brain that actually sees. The eye is there to receive light, the light that illuminates the things around us. And as that light comes into our eyes, which is a gateway, it goes right to the brain, and the brain then sorts out all of that so that images are actually seen. Now, it stands to reason that if our eye is not functioning properly, then the light that is coming at us will not enter as it should, and the brain then will be limited or deprived of, um, of information, of data, and it won't have anything to sort out. I experienced this personally in my life last summer. Some of you may remember that uh, all of a sudden I had an aggressive onset of cataracts in both of my eyes. And whereas for my entire life I'd been able to see clearly in a very short amount of time, everything became cloudy, impacting clear vision. I, I can tell you, it actually felt like I was going blind. I wasn't completely, but it sure felt that way. Well, in the context of Jesus' statement here about the eye, in his statement, the eye is a metaphor. It's a metaphor uh, for one's spiritual perceptivity or, and or receptivity. Let me define those terms so that you'll be able to follow along and understand where I'm going with this. First of all, let's define the word perceptivity. Perceptivity means that something is responsive to sensory stimuli. It has to do with having a certain keenness of insight or a keenness of understanding or a keenness of intuition. But the word that I want you to grab a hold of and that I want you to remember here as it relates to perceptivity is the word discernment. Discernment. Now we follow up then with the word receptivity. And the word receptivity has to do with one's ability or willingness to take information or ideas into themselves. There's one word that I want you to take away from this one as well, and that is the word openness. Openness. Now, spiritually speaking, going back to our text, the masses, especially the religious elite of Judaism, they were neither discerning nor open to what God was doing. They struggled to discern who Jesus was because their active sin nature was not responsive to the spiritual sensory stimuli that was coming from Jesus. Furthermore, despite whatever discernment they did have, they were unwilling to be open to what they actually perceived. In other words, they may have been able to perceive some of the evidence about Jesus and his true identity, but because he did not meet their expectation of what they wanted a Messiah to be. They closed their hearts to what they did perceive, rejecting the light that was available. Their spiritual eye was not healthy. And so their entire spiritual body was full of darkness. And this explains why often Jesus spoke of these people as being blind. He didn't mean that they were physically blind but he spoke of their spiritual blindness. In Matthew chapter 15 and verse 15, as well as chapter 23, 
verse 16 and also verse 24, we find Jesus there calling the, the Pharisees blind guides. The Apostle Paul identified Satan as the God of this world who, quote, blinds the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. And then in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 19 through 20, Jesus declared this. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Now all of this brings us then to truth point number two this morning, which tells us, that God has provided more than enough spiritual light to drive away spiritual darkness. So if spiritual darkness prevails in a heart, it is due to a willful choice to turn away from the discernment and openness that is required to receive His light. Mark this down and never forget it as it relates to this context that we're talking about. The problem always resides in the receptor, never in the originator. The receptor is us. The originator is God. God has never failed to provide all the light necessary. But if we're failing to get it, it's because we're choosing to turn a blind eye. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.